good evening to all of you listening out there. This is W. Skim Milk, and welcome to Just Skimming the Surface. My guest today is Mr. Jake Hinkle. Hello. <laughs> very, very good hello there. Um, he is a middle school teacher as well as a musician and probably about a dozen other things. <laughs> I try Try to The jack of all things. trades, maybe. Jack of maybe, maybe the, all trades? The six of all trades. Six. Yeah. Six trades. The six of spade of all trades. So what, what would the six be? Oh, geez, I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, a teacher, coach. Uh, I try to play music from time uh, time to time. Um, I I tick off my wife from being the handyman around the house. <laughs> eh, you know, the landscaper. I really am not very good at that either. Uh, dad. Dad, It's yeah. not easy. That's probably the hardest one. That's huh? the hardest one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a thankless job. Thanks. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> so, How are you? Oh, I'm very good. That's Thank good. you for excellent. asking. Excellent. <laughs> um, so I, I know you from teaching at the middle school that I went to. Uh, it's actually very weird to call you Jake, and usually go, it's go Mr. Hinkle. <laughs> I say once they cross the stage, uh, I'll uh, friend them on Facebook or whatever it is nowadays, Twitter. Yeah, um, Instagram's kind of the big thing. I don't know any of the latest You're ones. You're basically famous on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they can call me Jake. Very few do, but... They all just say Mr. Yeah. Hinkle yeah. or Hinkle Hinkle, or Hinkle usually. The Mr. Hinkle. is too formal. Mr.'s too formal. Yeah. Especially with a shirt like that. Oh, like absolutely. Rick, Rick World, Rick baby. <laughs> so, you taught... You actually taught my brother's class, and I never had you as a teacher. Right. He was on the blue team. Yes. Uh, good old Tanner. Tanner was, uh, I love the blue team. I, we won't get into much conversation on that because that would be a very small audience. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, gotta love Tanner. Tanner, I had one student before Tanner that was a big Elvis fan. And then there was Tanner. And he <laughs> took it to a new level. And whenever I think of students, former and present and future, I, I think of Tanner quite a bit uh, because, you know, you, I see him at Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Um, and I see I see him with the sideburns. And it's people like Tanner and you and everyone else that there's no such thing as normal or abnormal or different or anything. Everyone is normal in their own skin. And I look at someone like Tanner who... And as a as a teenager, you know, you're in your what you're like twenty one, twenty two now. Twenty one, yeah. Twenty one. I see someone like Tanner as a thirteen, fourteen year old, probably the only Elvis fan in the school, and he did not care, which is the best thing you can do in the world as a as somebody at any age. You know, I, I used to have on my you know, one of my uh social media pages I said, um Come as you are, unless you're a jerk or something like that. <laughs> and that that holds true. Do what you want to do, as long as you're not harming anybody else. Believe what you want to believe. Love who you want to love. Um, and I have nothing but uh, admiration for Tanner and and people like Tanner. Um, and and I, I I sound like I'm talking about him as if he's different, but don't get me wrong. There, you probably want to edit that part out. But <laughs> just take all of the Tanner part out. <laughs> yeah, but but he he is uh, everything that is right with humanity, mm-hmm. and I really I really enjoy 
watching his videos a, a couple years ago he found a little a little uh a karaoke version of a song that was an old Elvis song and I remember he was so happy to sing it I think he was in his dorm room singing it mm. and I was like that was really good and I just uh, how awesome I wish I had the guts to do that I think I've posted a couple I know I'll record music and do it whatever but just just to stand there with my neck out on a live take and, and do it and, and post it. So that's a pretty manly thing to do. It's a very humanly thing to do. Definitely, definitely. Um, so you remember Tanner, obviously. Um, and that was how many years ago now? Probably Let's seven, see. I eight? had oh, 06, 07, 08, probably around. I had Tanner his sixth grade year. And that would have been, I think, 07, 08, right around there. So like 10 years ago. It's been a while, yeah. In 10 years, and you still remember him that fondly. Oh, absolutely. So as a teacher, absolutely. do you get that a lot for a lot of different students? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I have uh, I have lots of uh, fond memories of, of students from my first year of teaching. I have a former student who we were going to go out and have, a, have lunch a couple of weeks ago who lives in, I believe, South Carolina now, and... My my mother in law passed away, so we I had to cancel. But it's just those little things that you know. She became a teacher, and you know my my sister in law, who was actually a student of mine, she became a teacher, and you know, the the former students who who have become professional musicians, and you know, got Dylan Zobel out east, mm-hmm. you know, just following his passion. Uh, another former student who who does sound um, downtown in Chicago and has a recording studio here uh, in Lake Villa. It's just, I could, I, I saw a couple students the other day and I hadn't seen them in probably 10 years. And I went through and I named named them and they looked at me and said, I cannot Still believe that. Still remember the names. One, it took me, I, I, I said, does your last name begin with an I? And he goes, yes. I'm like, ah, yes, I got you. I, it just took me a minute because enough. he totally changed yeah. in 10 years. You know, when you go from a little, you know, <laughs> little, little uh, 12-year-old to, uh, you know, 22, 23, you know, about, boy, you're probably 25 now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gone through some changes, but it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I, I, I love my job and I honestly I have to say I did not get into my profession for the money I did not get into my profession for the colleagues no offense (laughs) I loved my teachers because they loved me and all the other baloney that I have to deal with as far as meetings and staff meetings and and all that stuff it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's worth it when it comes to, you know, just closing my door and, 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 you know, getting to work with the students in the, in the classroom each and every day. Summer off is the most painful time for me. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. Definitely. I know a lot of teachers who would feel that way as well. Um, so as a teacher, obviously memory is a big thing. Um, do you remember just fully how you started and like how it was teaching your first few classes? Well, I started teaching for uh, fifth grade in uh, Oakland, right here. Yeah, you went to Oakland, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I remember going in and I had a blank canvas in my room and I just remembered what am I, what have I gotten myself into? Because 
like the teachers connected with me as a student. As a student, I I I respected their authority, and mm-hmm. I, I appreciated everything that they were going to be doing for me. And I didn't know how I was going to get that done. I didn't know how I was going to earn that. And it didn't help at all that um, when we had the back-to-school night, which was like two nights before the first full day of school, I asked one of the teachers, veteran teachers, like, what, 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 do, what do we wear uh, to this back-to-school night? And the one teacher said, oh, you wear whatever you'd wear like you're you know, fixing up your room. I'm like, okay. So I had a ball cap on, a t-shirt, slightly stained, and cargo pants, cargo shorts. And that same teacher, I, I, I must have been punked or something like that. I have no idea. <laughs> but that same teacher was dressed like she was going to a wedding. And I was standing there <laughs> looking like someone that was standing in the front row of a Nirvana concert. I was like, <laughs> and, and I remember one of the, the, one of the, the principal came and told me later, because I went down and I said, I, I asked, and this is what they told me to wear. And she goes, yeah, a, a, a parent came down and said, this is who my daughter is going to be taught by. And, and she said that, I, I just told him to give him a chance, give him a chance. Like, well, okay. Hopefully I didn't disappoint him too much, but it was like, oh boy. So I made sure it was probably the, I, I wore a tie my first day of teaching. And then I probably didn't wear a tie until about 11 years later. <laughs> but I had to make sure I made up for that that cargo short fiasco of 2001. <laughs> so 2001 was when you started teaching. Mm-hmm. You've been teaching for 16 years? Yep, completed my 16th year. Are you still? Do you still get nervous before classes and everything? I get nervous b- before the first... Uh, I get nervous before the first, uh, first day of the year. First day of the year? Yeah. Are you familiar with the Dukes of Hazard at all? A little bit, yeah. Okay, so back in the day, they had Dukes of Hazard and they had Bo and Luke. And after about I don't know, was it four or five years, those two main characters, they're, 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 the the actors themselves, got into a contract dispute. So there was like a season or two where there was Vance and Coy. There was Bo and Luke's. Hey, you don't even know about this. And it was Bo and Luke's. All the other Dukes. Uncle Jesse and and Daisy Duke and all them they were all the same but the two main characters were two different people who were the cousins of Bo and Luke Duke and you would watch the show and you would go this is pretty this is this is just not the same yeah and every year I have a Vance and Coy moment I walk into my classroom and I look at my students each you know as the each hours go through and I go this isn't this isn't the same mm-hmm. this isn't this this isn't from last year and it used to take me a while to have it have them become their own for me. Now it's it's um, they become Bo and Luke really quick. Yeah. You know, they're they're back to you know I don't I don't compare them. I I stopped comparing each year. And you know well this is this year's you know last year my third hour this is last year's third hour class with the characters I stopped doing that. I stopped trying to fit them into a, you know, a, a puzzle that that wouldn't fit. And I just each year is their own unique puzzle. So that's what I, you know, that's what I do now. Um, but yeah, I still get nervous. You know, there's going to become a point where I am no longer relevant. And when I was 22 and I started, I 
I said I'd probably not teach past 42, and I'm 38 now, and there's going to be a year where, where they're just going to look at me and go, you're an idiot. You're so stupid. You're whatever. And then I have to sit there and decide whether or not I'm going to sell out and hang on for a, a pension, which which is nice, or you know, do something else and do them a favor. I just don't want to become irrelevant, which I don't think I am, but no, there'll be a, there'll be a time, I think. Maybe not. There's 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 veteran teachers that are 30 years in that are still pretty relevant, and then there's teachers that are about 15 years in that set sail long ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you don't see yourself doing this for more than four more years? I see myself <laughs> doing it until I'm no longer relevant. Until I no longer can make an impact. And I still see students still give me feedback to where I, I am relevant and I, I, I have I have an impact. But there's there's once that stops, my wife wants me to continue teaching because you know, she's a she's self-employed. She's very successful, but she doesn't have the, a pension and things like that. And she's gonna want 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 to, you know, if I have to teach till I'm, I think fifty-five, she's gonna say, "Suck it up and do it." <laughs> and and I probably will, but I I'll probably ask for something that's that will. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. So I'll I'll probably ask for something to where I'm not working with kids directly because I don't want to hurt them at all as far as no longer connecting if that makes sense I, see, I, see. I don't know I get but like you. I said I still feel good right now my five year plan is to still be teaching in five years from now here I'm, I'm a lifer here mm-hmm. although I would move to Hawaii or DC tomorrow and <laughs> and I'd become a the world's happiest homeless man in Hawaii and the world's happiest tour guide in, in uh uh, DC, but I still see myself here. Well, even if you were to do something else, you've got a lot of hobbies and things to look into as well, such as music and all that. So y- your band is it? It's called the Hinkle Complex. The Hinkle Complex. We play out live as the Complex, and then when we record, we're the Hinkle Complex. Now, having said that, I have twenty songs that are basically ready to be released. It's just. I, I'm, I'm in no hurry because it's not like I'm going to make a career out of it. Yeah. So I'll release, you know, maybe eight, nine songs here, eight, nine songs there in the next couple of years. Um, it was the first five songs I recorded. It was basically a school of rock moment. I had some <laughs> former students that that played, uh, and it was a blast of former students that helped sing. Um, there was a there was a high school band back in the day. Um, the Allies, and I liked them, and their lead singer, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Will, 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 his name's Will, (laughs) Uh, uh, and I had him come and sing on one of my songs, and it's brilliant, but it's been sitting there for four years, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get that released, I'm, the next year I'll have that done, so, I, I love, I love the creating process, and, and giving a, you know, a foundation level entry of a song and then watching people who are more talented than I am build around it because I can play rhythm and I can write lyrics and I can sing okay, but I'm not a great singer. 
but I can't play a lead guitar. I can't. I can't even keep beat on a, a tambourine. <laughs> so, um, getting the, the talent around a guitarist and organist, um, I had a somebody came in and played slide, uh, a slide guitar. It was a, uh, a beautiful, beautiful sound. Um, that was. That's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. That's like how people go and play poker and and whatever. I like to. I like to waste my money recording music, and and playing live is fun too. You gotta waste it somehow. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Alex, um, my last guest, Alex Mm. Thiesfield, told me that he he did record something with you. Mm -hmm. You tell me more about that. Yeah, uh, I had him. uh, There was a song that I had written. uh, By now, it's been fifteen years ago. Um, It's a song called "Surrender Abbey," and all my songs have none of them are meaningless. This one has a very, I won't go into the specifics, but it has a really very vague meaning of somebody that I never even had in class years ago, and I heard about something that this person did um, that was, uh, I would say, unsavory. And I wrote the song. It was, uh, um, You Don't Have to Surrender, Abby. You Don't Have to Surrender, Abby. And anyway, so I just, there was this little part that, hey, you could you could throw in a solo guitar, but that's kind of cliched. I said... I, I got I got a hold of uh, Luke Holm, Holmes, excuse me, and Alex, and I asked them if they would throw down a little, little rap, and I, I appreciated exactly what they did. They, uh, uh, Alex said, "I hey, I need a little bit more time," mm-hmm. so we pushed out the end of, of the, the solo, or, or the the uh, bridge area, so he could get what he wanted to get in, and it was awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's the same song I had uh, a saxophonist and a uh, trumpeteer on. And it's just a, it's a, it's awesome. It turned out really cool. It's got a very, uh, I don't know, no one's going to know this, but a Mighty Mighty Boston's vibe, a little uh, ska with a, you know, it's got a nice little vibe to it. Yeah. Nice. Do you find it hard to separate your teaching persona and your social persona or have they kind of blended at this point you know i used to have a really hard time um and i would say um i've learned to tame my social persona Mm -hmm. because i'm a teacher first and foremost and i love what i do and i don't i don't want to get you know i'm not going to be out there with you know you know uh a shirt that says, you know, you know, these are the shirts I'm going to wear out and 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 you know, playing out or doing whatever. Um, I don't want to get in trouble wearing a, you know, inappropriate an inappropriate shirt yeah. out, out for anything, you know. Um, yeah, they can really sack it for that one, even if you have tenure. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh yeah, they, yeah. They 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 can if they want to find something, they can find something. Um, like I said, uh, you know. I got I got called in once because I said come as you are unless you're a jerk, and uh, I was I was kind of keeping it clean here, but it was I, I literally said um, come as you are unless you're an a hole, and, and I it was I didn't I didn't spell out the word and and they're like hmm. I'm like yeah you're right, <laughs> so I just changed it to I like to spell mayonnaise wrong and then I spelled mayonnaise wrong I'm like you can't get me in trouble for that because mayonnaise is a hard word to spell. It's true, uh, but yeah, I've I've tamed my my 
my life outside of school down to make sure that I am well respected to as much as I can be, um, as as they allow me to be uh, in the social, you know, especially in social media. You know, time hop reminds you. I'm like, I said that in 2009. I really shouldn't have. Time hop is a great tool to look back on the things you tweet and go and delete them. Uh-huh. All I got to do is tap yep. on the icon, boom. Delete, delete. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. That's what I use it for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I make sure, you know, when I, you know, I've kind of, I, I, I don't really uh, discriminate on who I, I allow to follow me. And I just make sure that whatever I post is could be seen by a toddler that's knowledgeable. You know, mm-hmm. would that toddler, if they could read and 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 have the cognitive ability to understand, what would they say about that? And if they're going to be like, "Hey," then we're all good. <laughs> and that's usually one of how I post it. So that sounds like basic social media rules. You'd think, as long as you oh, you think, yeah. There's yeah. a few things that I've retweeted that I've questioned, and been like, <laughs> maybe maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, yep. I get into Facebook fights and all that stuff. I've oh, I've, yeah. I've thrown my I've thrown my, uh, my yeah I've thrown some of my words into the ring a few times just to be like that was a bad idea, such a bad idea. Any sort of social media fights usually are. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot easier. And I don't I'm not. You know, I've I've learned to delete people who are ignorant, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, people that during on both sides during the last political um, election season, it was nasty online. And instead of getting to fights, if someone posted something from a site that was completely untrue, I just I just stopped following them. And on both sides, I mean, my liberal friends and my conservative friends. Facebook friends. I'm like, yeah, you know what? If you're going to be posting that garbage, you know, I saw something that, you know, like Hillary instead of Hillary and I'm like, whatever. And, you know, people posting that like, Trump and his small hands. I'm like, that's just stupid. <laughs> there, there, there's not an intelligent argument there. Yeah, it's basically just attacking the person rather than what they stand for and everything like that. Right. And that, that just, it bothers me. So yeah, you didn't instead of sitting a there and studies right, for that. <laughs> instead of, yeah, and as far as the the the, the election uh, this past year, we were not allowed to say Trump or Hillary in, in this classroom, and we were not allowed to say um, Democrat or Republican. We could only say conservative or liberal. Were those rules or you made? Or? Uh, rules I made because because once you said Donald or Hillary, Trump or Hillary. Then people just shut down and we're going to say what their parents said. Mm-hmm. Or a, a silly meme that they saw. And then yeah. they're going to hold that as the gospel. And I did not want to have anything to do with that. So we sat there and we talked about conservative beliefs and liberal beliefs. From the social aspect to the fiscal aspect, financial and all that. And we, we talked about the differences between them. And, and we had probably close to if not the best week of debates and that that week that we debated different issues was probably up there as the best week of not even teaching but like listening to eighth graders give whatever they said they had to have evidence they had to cite Mm -hmm. their source 
and it was a beautiful thing. I just sat back and was like, ah, free A's for everybody because you're awesome. Yeah, once you take away the bias, there's uh-huh. there, yep. a lot of intelligent arguments that can be made. Yeah, absolutely. And I was I was super impressed with that. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I think some of these eighth graders were more uh, knowledgeable than... I. I and, and actually, I said this to him. I said, you are now more knowledgeable than the majority of voters that are going to be voting in this election. And you're only 13 years old, 14 mm-hmm. years old. You yeah, know, because you, you, you have more away, knowledge. Yeah, you took away all the... Uh-huh. Don't listen to what your parents are saying. Don't listen to that. Yeah. We're just going to talk about the facts yep. and what what is being conservative and what's being liberal right. or moderate or what yeah. any of them it, are. Exactly, exactly. And you know, I, we went to D.C. Um, last month for our um, end of the year trip. It, it's not it's not affiliated with the school or anything, but we uh, <laughs> of course in D.C. you have these souvenir shops that have the whole make uh what was it make trump great make america great again all yeah. those the red hats and everything and um i had no problems with them, students buying them but some of the other chaperones were like you're not going to buy those are you i'm not going to let you buy those <laughs> i was so bothered by that i was like don't no this is not our place mm-hmm. i mean if it's my kid i might talk to them about it but it's not my kid it's not my place to sit there and say you can't buy that because that's not who you voted for mm-hmm. it's that's again that's where ignorance sneaks in do you find that hard a lot with teachers trying to impose their beliefs on students rather than keeping yeah. the bias out yeah yeah I find that I find that yeah it's 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 prevalent it's mm-hmm. prevalent, and I, I would probably say I was, I was probably guilty of it when I was younger, as a teacher. I remember, you know, it's funny because in '08 we had, uh, we 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 showed, or actually it would have been January of '09. We sh- we showed the inauguration of Obama in school, and we had like five kids out of the 160 in class that whose parents were like, I'm gonna watch that. That's not my president. Oh, whatever, you can go sit in the hallway and do a ditto, and. Uh, and we had uh, we showed the inauguration this year because it's not the person, it's not the it's not the political party, it's it's the process, it's mm-hmm. the respect of the position, and you can have your ideological differences, political differences, but you have to respect the process of of what the constitution is was and will always be it's a living breathing thing and it's uh you, to not allow your child to be a part of that is sad mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so that you know you know do, do you find parents interfering with a lot of the things you teach as a social studies teacher no no, no. I really don't. Um, I I had one year um, uh, the word rape came up in a seventh grade, and I don't. It was just, it, it was it, um, it came up in a in a question, and I answered it in the most vanilla way you can answer it. And I said, "Any further questions? Yeah, ask ask your parents." Yeah. And um, I, I was like, well, why, why are you teaching this in class? I said, I'm not, but I wasn't going to. I, I, I literally said it's when someone um, is asked to do something against their will. 
sexually. That's what I said. And they, 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 they refuse. And, and, you know, whatever. That's how I kept it. I said, and then you should talk to your parents and learn a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. Of course, they get you know, the wrong idea and they think I'm sitting there going, hey, let's talk about this, which is never the case. Um, because, you know, there's there's things that you talk about that, that you shouldn't talk about. Yeah, there's a fine line between fine... what the parents should teach and what uh-huh. the teachers should teach. And you know what? And the sad thing is, is, is some of these people want to live in a in a cookie cutter world where everything is bubble gum and and candy bars and there's no bad everywhere anywhere and then and then when you move out and you're 22 23 years old and you realize oh the world isn't a sheltered thing where everything is perfect and that's a you there, there, like you said there's and there's no right answer mm-hmm. you got to just find that mix whatever works for you whatever works for you know my kid versus whatever might work for your kid down the road or however your parents um dealt with that with you guys it's it's not there's no right answer um heck i, I showed uh my, my son uh, we adopted when he was 12 probably the first two weeks i had him we watched hot tub time machine together <laughs> i'm like hey, i got this movie let's watch it and my wife was like oh my god i cannot believe you did this i'm like yeah, but you know what? Oh well, it's a funny movie, and it's not exploiting anything. <laughs> it's not like I'm showing him, you know, anything that's you know super inappropriate. It's just you know your little silly, little dirty joke, dirty joke there, humor, yeah. and whatever. It's you know no big deal. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If your parents didn't want you to watch that or whatever, then mad respect. You know, I, I have former students who are seeing their first R movies at the age of 18. Fine. It's great. No problems there. I was watching, I was watching silly, um, raunchy sitcoms when I was eight because my dad was going to watch Cheers, which isn't, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of Cheers, but it's a, it's a, it's a sitcom from the eighties and nineties. And that's what we watched. And when you only had one TV in the house, that's that's what what you were going to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, <laughs> parenting and teaching are, sometimes go hand in hand. They you know, do. You know. um, do you ever find your parental persona coming in during the classrooms or anything? Yeah, I do. Um, I just... Carefully, don't get me wrong, I don't try to be a parent. Um, I just... You know, um, like the last couple days of school, I remind students that I've had former students that have um, gotten into a car with a drunk driver and have, have died in an accident and and who have, you know, gotten themselves in trouble by making wrong choices. And I'll go over some of those examples and, and you know, I'm not stepping on any parents' toes because they need to hear that from multiple places. So, you know, I, I do those types of things. Um, you know, when a, when a student seems down, I'll, I'll ask them if they need help and, you know, maybe see a social worker, things like that. Um, you know, if I've had some former students that have said that, like, I'm like a father or a crazy uncle to mm-hmm. them, things like that. But, you know, um, I haven't, I don't want to step on any parents' toes because that, I think that's a, a big sign of disrespect. Yeah. Um, and, and I, 
like I said, each there's no right way to raise a kid, and, and there are, but there are some, I think, mandatory uh, things that should be covered, and those are usually what I cover, mm-hmm. and they should hear it thousands of times anyway. Definitely, definitely. So, what would you say is the most rewarding thing about being a teacher? Most rewarding thing about being a teacher is getting into an, well, there's a lot of different things. Anywhere from getting into a, an educated argument with a student, uh, to having a student say thank you, you know, a, a nice little, hey, you've inspired me. Those are nice. Um. working their butt off to do an excellent job on a, on a project, on a presentation. Um, something as simple as asking them to, I never, you know, when we go to the um, Holocaust Museum in Skokie, I never tell them what the dress code is. I just say, you got to realize where you're going and, and, you know, keep that in mind when you pick out your clothes and when you see people coming in dressed very respectfully it's those are the most rewarding things when when they get it mm. i'm not telling them to do it they're realizing that what they should do those are the most rewarding things i think overall for me definitely definitely uh do you find it um difficult sometimes to uh work with students who don't get it i've had uh yeah yeah, I, I've had, I remember my failures <laughs> quite vividly, and I won't go into any specifics, but, you know, just the students that I couldn't connect with at all, I've tried to, um, and they're, you know, they're still mean, you know, mean girls. Mm-hmm. I, I talk about, you know, mean girls are the ones that always end up alone and when they're adults, and you know, the guys that are picking on you now are going to be the ones that are, you know, begging you for a job when you're an adult. And, you know, more times than not, things like that are true. And, you know, I, I've seen, you know, my, my oldest students are now 25, 26 years old. And you see that. You see the ones that might have been picked on a little bit when they were younger excelling in life. And the ones that you tried to reach who just didn't quite get it, um, struggling in life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can lead a horse to water. You can't, it's a cliche. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Sometimes I want to just shove their head in the water and say, drink it now. Yeah. And it's, you know, those, it's, it's frustrating because you know, but when you're a 13, 14 year old, they know that you're, they, they, they know more than you just ask them. Mm-hmm. They'll tell you. Yeah. And I try to give a lot of stories of me making mistakes when I was a teenager. And I, I talk specifics about what I thought and what I did and why I did it and, and what I, where the mistake was. Um, that's the, that's the best I can do. I mean, instead of, like I said, being at home and being their parent, 
or chaining them up in the in the dungeon like in the Goonies, <laughs> like Schloff or whatever. Um, you can't do that. I've, you know, I've, I've researched. You can't do that. Really. <laughs> so you know, you you just uh, move on from there, and you, you hope for that they get it at some point before it's too late. Do you have any more tips for anyone who's listening who might want to be a teacher someday or any who are teachers that are maybe struggling a little bit? Um, if you want to be a teacher someday, make sure that you, uh, first of all, do a lot of, and, and I know they've, they've changed it around since I went through school. I didn't get really get into a classroom until my senior year of college. And nowadays, you know, I had a student teacher last year, two years ago, actually, who was in my classroom just observing two years before that. Um, but make sure you get into a classroom. Make sure you know it's what you want. Make sure you understand the the ins and outs of everything um, as far as all the baloney that you're going to have to put up with, team meetings, you know. And maybe they love that stuff. I don't. I love, like I said, I, I have cool colleagues and stuff like that, but that's not why I became a teacher. I didn't become a teacher to sit there in the in the lounge and complain. It, I, I usually go into the lounge because my room is uh, full, and I sit down in a chair and I put on headphones and I, I work on something else because I don't want to. I don't want to get into that. Um, I would say to a, a struggling teacher, join the club. I look back. I thought I. I thought I was a great. I thought I was a. I thought I was. I thought I knew what I was doing. My first, however many years of teaching, and I just got better every year. I never settled. Um, and I think I'm a. I'm a. I'm. I'm not as good now as I will be in a couple more years. And I just hope that that continues going up. And you know, like I said earlier that there's still a connection with the students. Um, but just never settle. And and don't be afraid to go sit you know, during an off period, go sit in another classroom and observe. I've done that countless times. And, you know, it's you learn a little bit of what works, and you also learn from their mistakes too. You're like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. You know, mm -hmm. or, or I, this is a great idea. You know, as far as behavior management, and that's one of the first things that that student um, that that is it's the hardest thing to learn. I think is you know, you know the management of behavior in, in your own classroom. And I started with the whole um, the green card and to pull a card. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like I, I did that a couple of years, and maybe yellow. I'm I'm so ADD. I was like, well, I don't know what card do you want now. I don't know, and I would just usually just say knock it off. And that usually work. Now I usually that works nowadays. And, um, but you know, like I said, let change happen and try different things. I've tried new things that have failed, and I've tried new things that that have I've, I've continued on the last ten years, and they're, they're they're successful now in my classroom. It works for me. It might not work for you, but it works for me. Yeah, everyone's got to find their own little mm -hmm. way of making it work. I don't have desks in my room anymore because I didn't like desks. Now teachers will walk in my room and go, oh, God, you don't have desks. I'm like, hey, that didn't work for me. I have I have little uh, tables that they just sit in groups. 
and that just works for me. I have a big old open area in the front of my room. It works for me. And there's nothing wrong with desks in your classroom. If, like I said, it's each teacher has their own way, and there's no right answer. So just don't be afraid to try things, and don't be afraid to fail. All right. With that, I think we're just skimming the surface. There we go. Thank you very I much. I enjoyed this. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on and giving us tips and everything. Uh, very, very good experience here. Well, I appreciate you having me, and I was going to ask you questions and stuff like that. I wanted to know a little bit more about you. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah, where, where, now, where, where are you going to school now? Uh, Illinois State University. ISU. Yeah, you're a Redbird. Yeah. I love that. That's very be. cool. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, you're just going there? Yeah, this okay. will be my first year there. So do, do you have your uh, uh, dorm yet? Yes. Where are you going to be? It's going to be Manchester. Oh, Manchester, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very nice. I was in, uh, I was in uh, Watterson. Mm. I don't know if it still is, but it was the largest um, dormitory in North America or something like that. It's huge. And the wind tunnel. My dorm had, uh, and its food court, had a Chick-fil-A. Oh, boy. Panda Express. And a subway. It's all you ever need. Those yeah. three, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I I was a skinny man, and then I went to college. <laughs> it's rough. And, and you went to you went to CLC? No, I went to uh, University of Illinois Springfield for okay. my first year, All right. and then I went to Columbia College for my second year. There you go. And I took All a year right. Off and now I'm back. You're going to have a lot Third of alumni uh, alumni <laughs> uh, uh, spirit wear. Oh yeah, that's good. No, I, I went to community college my first couple years, and. Uh, that's another thing I'll say to anybody that's maybe younger. There's nothing wrong with community college. It's cheap, mm-hmm. and you don't need to be in debt the rest of your life. I had my I had my college paid off by the time I was 28. Definitely piece of cake. Loved it. Um, so, and exactly what what's your major? It's going to be theater education. A theater education, very cool. And you're going to be in um, Young Frankenstein. And that hat starts in two weeks, right? Yeah, it's PMNL. Two weeks, PMNL. Yes, you go go see uh, Young Frankenstein PMNL. Uh, it's an awesome, awesome local theater. I've been to a lot of, not a lot, maybe a, a half dozen local theaters around the state, and uh, PMNL. It's very unique. It's got a very narrow. Um, it's not very wide, mm-hmm. but it's deep. I just love the depth yes. of of the stage. Yeah, I just, it's just really cool. I saw seventeen seventy six there. Uh, I've seen a couple other things there, and it's it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, stage, and I'm happy that you're doing it. How many, I mean, what's the age range of people that are in, in Young Frankenstein? In Young Frankenstein? I yeah. think our youngest is actually 15. Okay. And then the next uh, youngest is me at 21. Nice. And then we have a 22 and a 23. And then okay. And then you got then a bunch of old, and then, and then yeah, and then, and then you got the regular, yeah, the character yeah. actors, right? Yeah. Well, we actually have a lot of new people here okay. this time, so we're that's awesome. Bring people out with this yeah. this show. A, a local theater is only as as good as the people committed to it, and you know, to go do something like that for free is where you get the best people. Definitely, it is, and that's uh, I I envy you for that. <laughs> I have I have a few regrets in my life, not very many. Um, but one of them is not doing a high school play. I did a middle school play, and you know, as much as I want to do something at PML, just just to be in the background and say one line, I would be scared to death. <laughs> and I don't know why. There's always time. Yeah, they do their summer shows. Yeah, those would work perfectly with your schedule. Cool. I mean, even regular sc- shows during the year. Yeah. I mean, when you're not coaching, are you nervous at all? 
Very, very, very. Yeah. Open in two weeks, you know. How's it looking right now? It's looking pretty good. I think I think it's all going to come together. We're going to have a great show. I mean, I, I moved into school three days after the show closes. Okay. So a little more nervous about that. Yeah, yeah. You got a quick turnaround there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very you big won't, turnaround. You won't be able to come down from it. But yeah, these people basically become your family kind of because mm-hmm. how many yeah. nights a week are you committed to this? Four. Four nights a week. Four to five yeah. if we take Sundays. Take Sundays, yeah. About how, how long each night? Uh, a couple hours. Usually it goes from like 7 to 10.30 at the latest. Usually we're out by 9.30. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to help me out here a little bit. Is uh, Young Frankenstein, I've never seen it, the movie. Is that the movie with uh, Peter Boyle and, yes, okay. and Gene Wilder? Gene Wilder. Mel Brooks. Okay, yeah, the whole Mel Brooks thing. Okay. Is, 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 is it a musical at all or no? The movie itself is not classified as a musical. No. Okay. Um, this is just the musical version of it. Okay. So it's it's adapted and everything. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Cool. It's 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 cool to watch the movie and then look at the script and like there's a lot of um, the same lines, of course, but at the same time, it makes it its own thing through being a musical and everything. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, though. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Elvis Presley? Uh, what Tanner? Yeah, no, or you. Elvis? What are your? No, no, no. You, Elvis. Just Elvis. Are you an Elvis, Elvis fan? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. I think he yeah. did wonderful things to music. The way his approach to the songs and that he's done, he was able to bring. Though, I mean, from the time he sang music like an African American man would, right, yeah. and that's why so many people listen to him because back then it was frowned upon to listen to. African American people right. sing music, and it was amazing for him to bring that. It brought more popularity to their style of music, and I, I, I love music. So to yeah, see anything like that happen, any sort of genre flourish, it's great. That's cool. What's what like who, what type of music is your favorite? Oh, I'm more of a soft rock '80s, '70s, '60s kind of guy. Hall so, and Oates, Hall and Oates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever watched that um, Daryl's Basement or whatever that is? It's no. A, uh, the Daryl Daryl Hall from Hall and Oates. You go online and type in Daryl Hall, and they've got uh, he'll have famous musicians come, and he's got his own little band, and they'll go to his house, and I think it's called Daryl's House or something like that, and they'll just play music, CeeLo Green, and um, I'm not going to get the the lead singer from oh, Sugar. We're going down. Help me out. Fallout Boy. Oh. Fallout Boy. God, I just embarrassed yeah. myself. <laughs> Goo, Goo, Goo Dolls, um, um, Johnny Fall Resnick. Boy, they cool. all they all go there and and they'll just play each other's songs. It's 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 cool. It's it's a it's yeah. A cool I'm not thing. good with a lot of newer music. I don't know a lot of the bands and their songs and everything. Sometimes people are just yeah just look at me weird. But at work when I'm jamming to my old school music, I mean most of the people who work there are older and yeah and they like, great music <laughs> and then all the younger people walk by now like, what is this crap <laughs> where do you work admire okay the one in run Lake. yes very cool i haven't been to that one yet it's pretty nice definitely check it out very cool <laughs> very cool well i got to know a little bit more about you and uh i'm excited i'm excited to i'll try to make it to your uh to, to the oh, if you uh, can then be production great. i think yeah. it'll be cool and I think everyone should go see it because um, local theater is uh, is the most enjoyable. It is definitely because you don't even have microphones or anything, do you? It's all we do. Oh, you do because uh, the one I went to usually the plays we don't 
Okay. And some musicals we have it, but this one I believe we're going to be mic'd. Mic'd, okay. All right. All right, very cool. Besides, I mean, still, it's a small local theater, and just to see, like, something as big as this show or any other show that Mm -hmm. we do that has been done on Broadway and everything, like, at a small theater... It's interesting to see the changes between the two. Oh, and absolutely! How, yeah. how we get it done without the high budget, and the, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I, it's super creative and, mm. and fun. And there's that side area that was uh, whatever it used to be. But there's that side area. Is that open yet? Tribute Hall. Yeah, yeah. It's been open for probably a year. Really? Or so now, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we use it after the shows and everything. It's a very nice little area, very cool. little lounge for everyone to come see. That's cool. That's awesome. Really. All right. And with that, we are just skimming the surface. <laughs> Yet again. <laughs> nice to see you. Nice, nice to, talk to you. see you too. Thank you so much for coming out. And with that, we are just skimming the surface. Thanks for listening. Remember to like us on Facebook to stay updated on future episodes and to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Leave a like down below and let us know what you think in the comments. Also remember to follow us on Twitter at WSkimMilk and to check out our website as well, www.wskimmilk.com. This has been WSkimMilk. Have a great night and remember to tune in next time.